Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Math and Physics Podcast. I am your host, Parker. And I'm Ray, and we welcome you to episode 22, where nope. today... Right? Nope. Wait, isn't it 22? No, it's not. <laughs> Wait, is it 21? No, it's 20. No, it's 23. Oh, it's 23. Oh, it's 23. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Welcome to episode 23, where today we're going to be talking about parallel universes, timelines, multiverses, and some and a little bit of quantum mechanics too. You betcha. This is going to be a fun podcast. And uh, everybody get excited for possibly next episode oh, oh, oh. We ha- we're gonna have a guest are you letting them know are you um, letting them no know? i'm not I'm, I'm gonna keep it a surprise <laughs> okay okay smart. but there's gonna be a very nice guest that's gonna come on and i'm pretty sure if if you're into math and you're into physics you will know him. you probably know who this guy mm-hmm. is so yeah we're very excited to have him on and it's gonna come soon if it's not the next episode that we have our guest. Then next episode, we're gonna start a new series called History of Physics, where each of us we're we're both gonna pick one physicist or a mathematician, and then you know we're gonna we're gonna educate you guys on oh, what they did like and how they idea. contributed. I like this idea. Yeah, how they contributed to to the math physics world and uh, what resulted from their discoveries etc okay that sounds fun that sounds fun we can like do a physicist each yeah sounds dope yeah sounds awesome yeah and hopefully you know by the time we get to like part six of history of physics we have kind of like a good overview of you know most physics slash math slash astronomy you know we can do copernicus etc there's a lot of people we can cover yep yeah yeah, I mean, we have kind of unlimited time right now, so, you know, we, we, we can just keep covering more and more people. Let's let's see where it goes. That's right. Okay. Yeah, getting into today's podcast, yeah. we were talking about parallel universes. So, it's kind of in the name, auto-descriptatory. It's, uh, what? you know, it's... it's a, <laughs> What what auto descriptive? Oh, like it, it describes itself is what you're trying to say. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a it's a universe. Well, technically, it's a, it's a set of universes that follow each other in parallel. So they don't cross each other, but they just exist separately. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so in theory, there are an infinite amount of parallel universes where mm-hmm. an infinite amount of events occur so there's one universe where ray and i are doing this exact podcast except right now at this second i say cat instead of dog (laughs) and then there's another universe where i say them in the opposite order and you know that's just yeah that's just the idea of how like with an infinite amount of universes Mm -hmm. just the exact same thing can happen in two universes, except like one particle is in a different location. And other than that, everything is the exact same, yep. which is pretty cool to think about. The real question in all this really is like, how did this even come to be? Like, how do we even think of, you know, a universe where everything is parallel to each other? Because we've had the idea of multiverses, right? Where like they're just different universes just in general. But now 
we're starting to introduce these things called parallel universes that are not, I mean, they technically do exist in a multiverse, but they're, as Parker said, basically parallel representations of each other, which are small fluctuations between each universe. So how does it really mm-hmm. happen, right? So it all began, I think, I think this began with the quantum mechanics interpretation with uh, the two biggest interpretations in quantum mechanics. So this basically depends completely on how you view quantum mechanics. One is known as the Copenhagen interpretation, which is what we're so used to. And the other, which is where parallel universes come from, is known as the many worlds theory. So the Copenhagen interpretation is, for example, when we discuss probability. So this particle has a 50% probability being here, 30 being here, 20 being there, right? That is Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics. That's what we've been Mm -hmm. brought up with. And that's probably what we're going to be doing in grad school and just throughout our entire lives. Because that's basically the interpretation that we take right now. The many worlds, on the other hand, you remember uh, Schrodinger's cat, right? That it's dead or alive. Mm -hmm. So the Copenhagen interpretation says that it can be both at the same time, right? Dead and alive. The many worlds theory, however, says that there are literally... There is literally going to be a split in universes that creates these two parallel universes where in one universe, the cat is alive and in the other, it is dead. So the entire idea of parallel universes came from a simple interpretation of quantum mechanics. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that's really cool. Yeah, so going back to the Copenhagen Mm -hmm. interpretation, so the term actually comes from... Uh, back in the 1920s, when uh, Niels Bohr and his assistant, uh, Werner Heisenberg, mm-hmm. they were, uh, you know, originating the quantum mechanical theory at the time. And they were both uh, operating out of Niels Bohr, his institute in Copenhagen. So that's why it's called the Copenhagen Interpretation. Mm-hmm. I just think in general, this is a really cool way of looking at quantum mechanics in like two different ways because we've always mm-hmm. looked at it as a probability, right? Like every yeah. time we've, our entire first year was built on the premise that these particles have probabilities of being in different places, right? But this is all, this can all just be a theory for all we know, to be honest. I mean, we mm-hmm. do have proof of this, right? Do we? Proof of what? Like, do we have proof of the Copen like the that particles are in fact in a probability? There is proof of that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> that's what. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what quantum mechanics <laughs> yeah, is based off of. So then, why is I guess many worlds are just another theory that you can always just you know it's always just there. There's no real way to disprove it. It's not just a a theory. It's it's called like the many worlds interpretation. Interpretation. It's more of like yeah, yeah. Because quantum mechanics is like it's its own it's domain, its own. and the way you can you can take the information and filter it is through different interpretations, right? Mm-hmm. So they're both like they're both correct in their own different lanes, I guess. Yes, sir. One thing that's that I was thinking about is that with the many worlds interpretation, mm-hmm. what you can kind of apply to, think about one, what's it called? What was like the smallest unit of time? Planck time. Yeah, yeah. Imagine every single Planck time, mm-hmm. you have the decision at any moment to do one thing or another mm-hmm. or to not do anything at all, right? Mm-hmm. 
So imagine that at every single plank time, where you like direct your hands or your feet or your thoughts or whatever, every single instant, there's a chance that it diverges from another. So think about the amount of parallel universes that can emerge I know, that from that, <laughs> right? That is insane. Right? Because when you, when you go down to the fundamental level, your atoms could be in a different position versus if you would have, you know, stuck your hand in the air. So every single plank time, there could be a variance between your, the decisions that you make and how that influences, mm -hmm. you know, where you are and, and what happens in the future. It's, it's crazy that like such a small decision or such a small like observation, a measurement can just completely, or in, in the many worlds theory, at least uh, in, interpretation, I mean, completely split apart universes and create two mm -hmm. parallel universes. I think that's just insane. But one big thing about the difference between the Copenhagen interpretation and the many worlds interpretation is the wave function collapse, right? Yeah. So in so... the Copenhagen interpretation, we take the wave function to collapse when we measure the object, right? But mm -hmm. in the many worlds interpretation, this is where it gets interesting because it's many worlds. What they say is that the observer and the object you're observing are both in multiple states at the same time. So your current state gets entangled with the current state of the object you're observing. So in an opposite world or a parallel world, you would have observed something opposite. But in this world, you observe something else. Hence, the wave function doesn't collapse because both things are being observed and, and everything is being measured. So they kind of view it in two different ways with one being collapsed and one not. So that's a big difference between them. Just yeah, so address. technically, instead of just like before you observe it, there's a probability. Mm -hmm. And then after you observe it, it's just, you Bang, know, right there. you know, its position yeah. or its momentum. Mm -hmm. um, in with the MWI, many worlds interpretation, mm -hmm. um, basically, the wave function doesn't collapse. And so everything just still happens. Like everything exists, mm -hmm. but exists on another time exactly. like every probability that that electron had to be observed will exist in another timeline is basically <laughs> what the yeah. outcome of the many world interpretation is i mean it's just a different way of doing it it's a it's a lot simpler to think mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. when when uh with the schrodinger's cat because there's only two options it's either the cat is dead or the cat is alive yeah. but as long as you don't check right as long as you don't check the reason we say that the cat is dead and alive at the same time is because let's say like the timeline of the cat it's not split into two but it's basically it's both at the same time mm -hmm. so they're kind of one on top of each other mm -hmm. and then once the observer checks basically at that point the two timelines mm -hmm. separate yeah. and then you get entangled with both timelines but you know the one that you're existing in gets in yeah. entangled with the one that you observe mm -hmm. yeah and the interesting thing about all of this is that you technically or you in this case the cat 
has no idea that there is a whole new universe created with the same cat where there is a different outcome. So in this universe, the cat could be dead. And I mean, it wouldn't even know that it is actually alive in another universe. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, like it's yeah. but but then this is kind of this entire concept, though, is what introduces like so many big philosoph philosophical questions. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the problem with the parallel universe theory is that now you have multiple, almost infinite versions of yourself. So if that is possible, yeah. which one, you know, philosophically speaking, is truly you? And all mm -hmm. of those questions come up and then you and even philosophers can go into this in a whole new way. I think it would be really interesting to search up the philosophy of the many world interpretation. It's really cool. I was actually right about to say that. Yeah. I was going to say there's a point in which like quantum mechanics really just borders the line between science and philosophy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you hear something like, you know, what we're talking about right now, you hear that and you're like, how is that even true? Like, this is just like, you, you see symbols on a piece of paper and you go, yeah, there's an infinite amount of realities and it, it kind of sounds like we're just making things up based yeah. on based on symbols and mm -hmm. equations but again if you think about it there's no real way to prove the many world interpretation is there well i'm pretty I sure there is i don't think so but if i'm not mistaken either okay before stephen hawking died right he released this paper that unfortunately I don't believe was successful because he hadn't finished it. But it was something where he would send an experiment up on a space. Basically, it was an experiment to be conducted in space to test a theory of quantum mechanics. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it the many world? Wasn't it the... I think it was this one. Or it was basically it was an experiment to be sent into space to test for some crazy theory i'm pretty sure it was quantum mechanics we're gonna fact check this for sure and put it in the comments so i will let you guys what are know. you talking about uh, you didn't even explain no 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 okay 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 so stephen hawking before he died right he released a paper i don't think he finished it that's the that's that i think that was the problem where he was gonna send an experiment to space and something was gonna happen that that's the part i forgot but he but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it had something to do with quantum mechanics. If I'm wrong, it could have something to do with maybe astrophysics because he was more of a cosmologist. I don't know why he would have anything to do with quantum mechanics. Cosmology makes more sense. Maybe, but it was some big experiment and I'm going to fact check it and put it in the comments because I thought it was the many worlds interpretation so I could be wrong, just saying. Just well, <laughs> that would be cool. I was also going to say something. Oh yeah, one thing, this doesn't really have anything to do with quantum mechanics but i was on the website for u of t mm -hmm. and so to do like i'm in astrophysics and so to do a master's in astrophysics it's a master's in science like an msc yeah, yeah. but to do a phd in astrophysics it's actually a a like part of the department of philosophy Oh, is it? Yeah, it's it's something weird like that. That's that. Well, that's interesting. Well, I guess yeah. at one point, I think at one point, and I'm pretty sure there are mandatory philosophical 
PhD programs, right? That phys- like ethics of physics and stuff that even we have to do in fourth year. I think philosophy is just pretty entangled with physics and just science in general, right? Especially at like high levels where you're basically just mm-hmm. questioning reality and existence and stuff like that, you know? Wait, what does what does PhD stand for? Wow, I really I really know this. Let me just search. No, it. no, no. I I know what what PhD oh. stands for. No, 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 no. Oh, doctor of philosophy. Doctor of philosophy. Yeah, doctor yeah, of okay. philosophy. Doctor of philosophy. Yes, I knew it. I'm like, no way. Okay. I, I did not search it up. Oh, there's no way we proved that. Okay, wait. So never mind. What I said was was wrong. What? Because no, doctor of philosophy. Why why is it called that? That's just the name of the. That's just the PhD. That's yeah, just but what why it's is called. it why is it called that? Because I. That's what I'm saying. I think at that level, everyone pretty much becomes philosophers, bro. Wait, that's not true. <laughs> that is not accurate. <laughs> I actually don't know why it's called PhD. What? I actually don't. Oh, CCCCC. The Doctor of Philosophy degree, which is a misleading moniker because most philosophers... Like, okay, this term is increasingly popular degree derives from the original meaning philosophy. Yeah, that's just how it started, Loki. Like, I no, don't think it's no, a... No. No, it, it's because philosophy means love of wisdom. Oh, Greek word philosophy, I mean love of wisdom. Yeah. So yes, when you're doing when you're doing a doctor of philosophy, you're it's like you're going into wisdom. your field. You're going into your field with yes, sir. loving wisdom. Also, yeah, PhD in astrophysics doesn't really exist. You would have to do a PhD in something very specific. Like no, you can't do PhD does. in like astrophysics. That's very general. Oh yeah, that might be like right. that stuff. You you can't get PhD physics. That's not how it works. You need to get a specific thing. That's the entire um, point, right? Like as you advance undergrad, grad, PhD, you get more specialized. So yeah, you know what's crazy? I can actually apply for a PhD right out right of, after undergrad. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> nowadays um, a lot of universities don't require masters because a lot of people are just like it's an extra waste of time because a lot of universities include the first two years of masters into i think like the first year of phd or something like that that's so crazy it's kind of covered already so they anyways do it so why not yeah that's mm-hmm. pretty crazy mm-hmm. anyways going back to yeah, yeah, going uh, back to the podcast <laughs> quantum mechanics slash parallel universes have you seen rick and morty oh of course you know that one episode, uh, the interdimensional cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one actually—it's a very good example of parallel universes, mm-hmm. because you know every time they change the the channel, they see a commercial in a different universe, and it gives you kind of a taste of what you know. You need to understand that literally everything is possible when it comes to parallel universes so i mean they do it in a, a comical way where you know obviously because it's, it's, it's just like it's a show it, at the end of the day yeah it's just funny bits but they actually you know they get like the idea right yeah where like the universe can be similar to theirs and like it can have you know english speaking beings and we, you know they have tv and stuff like that but just a, a couple of things are are different and mm-hmm. some things are off and you know they make it funny which yeah. is you know i re- I, I really recommend watching rick and morty, rick and morty. <laughs> if you're into like you're science into and stuff, stuff it's 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 actually like it's funny and it's actually yeah a but good it's show. it's a sense of humor in itself like you kind of have to appreciate mm-hmm. the sense of humor 
it's kind of like the office you know some people just won't like it because they're just like no <laughs> yeah know? that's weird that's weird though like, no but i have had people who are just like i hate the office because it's just terrible humor and i mean i i just sit there with my jaw drop but you know some people just that's just them can't do anything about it wait have you seen no you haven't seen the whole office, i haven't seen right? the whole office no i've only seen like the first two three seasons that's a big strike you that's need to watch strike, the whole yeah. thing that's a big strike yeah. <laughs> also, uh, talking about parallel universes, one thing I think we mentioned, I don't know, but the entire point is that we should be able to, we should not be able to, you know, communicate with other parallel universes. But in Rick and Morty, they do. Right? Do they? Don't they? Of course. I don't, they, they I keep, don't think so. I mean, they Different can, universes? Okay, anyways, forget Rick and Morty. That's not the point. The point isn't Rick and Morty. The point is that <laughs> between parallel universes, the entire like the entire thing with Schrodinger's cat, as I said, you wouldn't even know that there is another version of you that is alive. So because of that, you wouldn't be able to ever truly get into your life in a parallel universe because, as I said, it's just different universes, right? But wouldn't it be cool if you could? I think we can talk about that for a bit. What would you do if you could enter a parallel universe where you made a different choice? You know, mm-hmm. like I think that would be a cool question. Yeah, like I, I mean that that also requires inter interuniversal travel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course, <laughs> assuming that is all possible. But wait, something that we could actually talk about is yeah. the grandfather paradox. Oh which... yeah, but this is more to do with time than to do with like parallel universe. But you know what? Why not? Let's go for it. We can now talk a yeah. little bit about timelines too. This is gonna be crazy. yeah. I mean, yeah, timelines do have a role in uh, what we're talking about. Absolutely. So, the grandfather paradox mm-hmm. very common. Mm-hmm. You know, it, people know this from not even the physics world because I mean, it, it doesn't really have much to do with physics, but it's still cool to talk about. So, if you can go back in time and kill your grandfather. Would you die? Would you not even be born to be able to go back and kill your mm-hmm. grandfather? Would, you know, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. the big question or like the big thing is if you go back and kill your grandfather, then your grandfather was never born, which means you were never born, which means you can't go back and kill your grandfather, which means he should never not be dead. But that means if he's not dead, that means you're born. That means you should kill your grandfather. So it's a whole big paradox. Hence the paradox. <laughs> so... A lot of people would just kind of, they'd be like, no, well, I guess time travel or traveling back in time is just impossible because Mm -hmm. of that reason. Mm -hmm. But, 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 yeah, yeah, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Okay. So, but right now, this is the big thing. There was a video put out by Minute Physics. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to take credit for this because that is where I learned that this can, this paradox can basically be broken in a way where. When you go back in time, now, first of all, going back in time in itself is, as Parker was saying, pretty much impossible, but assuming that it's fine, let's say we do go back in time, somehow kill our grandfather. The moment that happens, the second we pull the trigger and he dies, what physics, physics and math, what that would state to avoid the paradox is that a universe would be created or a timeline would be created. And again, you wouldn't know that this timeline is being created. You wouldn't even know how to get back to your original timeline. Actually, I think that's false. What? 
I don't think it's when you kill your grandfather. I think it's just the moment you go back in time, a new timeline gets created. Because what if well, you Well, technically, just... if you just go back in time... Well, yeah, okay, yeah. A new timeline is created with the same future events, technically. If you just go back in the past and don't do anything, this another yeah. timeline is created with the exact same future events. Nothing happens. Well, not, I mean, nothing... not exactly, because because that would imply that you could you could be born twice on the same si- same timeline. Yeah, but again, this is all assuming that uh, uh, going back in time is possible, right? Because that entire assumption in itself is false. But the entire, the only way to explain the grandfather paradox is to assume that time travel is possible. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just assuming that it's okay, okay. that we're back in the past. So what will happen if we kill our grandfather? So I'm saying that if we do kill our grandfather... We will still live because we will be living in a different timeline, right? All right. Is is basically the point I'm trying to get at. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure there's – even if we go back – and then after killing our grandfather, if we go into the future somehow, again, somehow, very theoretically, mm-hmm. we won't be able to go to our future that was our future before we went to the past. You know, it will be a completely different future and yeah. we can't do anything about it. Unless we go even further back into time and undo what we did the previous time. That's a possibility. So this is where time travel gets all confusing. Yeah. And that's yeah. why that's why I honestly I don't think time travel back in time is is physically possible. But as we talked about in our special relativity episode, which a part two is going to be coming soon, by the way. As we talked about in mm-hmm. special relativity, mm-hmm. time travel forward yeah, possible. is possible. Very much so. And also time like relative time travel backwards is also possible. Because you know the, the, the twin paradox. Yeah, like one is traveling. One them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much yeah. possible. Yeah. So technically when because one is traveling faster, one is traveling slower, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. so when the other one comes back, mm-hmm. lands on the earth. He technically he he landed in the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Far in the future. Far in the future. But technically, he's landing relative to the Earth. He's landing in the past. So, like, if if you were the other twin that that was old, and your your young twin comes back to the Earth. He's in the past, so technically he traveled back in time. No, he relative did. Wait, to wait, you. wait! One minute, one minute. Yeah, if... he's younger than you. He traveled back in time relative to you. Oh, relative to you? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Continue. No, you said relative to the Earth. Relative to you. Well, yeah, he rel- back in relative time. to the Earth, he is st- he is younger. No, relative to you, he is younger. Relative to the Earth, no, he's fat. He's fine. Rel- no, Cause... relative to everyone on the Earth. Like Ray, people. On Ray, the Earth. Th- your Wait. time dilation has to do with your velocity. Yes. If you're going away from a person, you're going away from the Earth at yes. the same rate. Yes. So, with respect to the Earth, you're going to be younger than everyone there. You're going to be younger, but you're technically... You're, okay, I guess... Okay, but okay, the not, way you said it, you implied, you implied that you're going in the past, the way you said it. Like, I yeah, just didn't catch on the way you said not it. Gonna be, you're not going to be younger in age, but you're going to be younger... In the like, sense that yeah 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 I don't yeah, know you're, you're I supposed what you're to be you're going to be younger than everyone else there that makes sense like that that was like that was everyone else left. that was born the same year as you exactly exactly yeah, yes that, there you that's go. exactly what I thought you said is that when you go and come back you return 
before you left like you get back in the past that's why i'm no, like what no, that doesn't no. make any sense no it's just relative okay, yeah, to that makes a people. lot more sense that makes a lot yeah. more sense so stephen hawking basically made uh this theory called the chronology protection conjecture which i think i have mentioned before now that i'm mentioning it but uh basically this states that you can't go back in time and obviously it's pretty obvious that you can't go back in time and you shouldn't even be able to obviously it's pretty obvious (laughs) sorry sorry (laughs) worded it differently but what i'm trying to say is the best analogy to think of time i think this was in uh well you can think of the arrow of time as one right the famous stephen hawking arrow of time but a more like one that i like more to be honest and this one i'll explain is the river right like it's a flowing river that always keeps flowing in one direction you can never, like any spot on the river, wherever you are on the water, you continue, keep moving, keep moving forward. No way to get back. Absolutely no way to get back. So that's basically the best analogy that I can give when you talk about time itself. Mm. Because space, time just can't be broken, especially when you're going backwards. So mm-hmm. timelines. Timelines are that really cool. That is correct. <laughs> timelines are really cool things to talk about. Also, <laughs> yeah timelines are so like you know you they're so common in uh, sci-fi shows that they're misinterpreted misrepresented not not misinterpreted misrepresented so many times that sometimes they just don't make any sense like they go in the past completely mess things up but somehow the future is still intact and <laughs> there mm-hmm. are some shows like that that just completely don't worry about the timeline whatsoever but yeah timelines are really cool and important i mean it's it's hard to get it right and true. make it interesting make at the it same time. That's, so, true. That's, anyways, that's true as well. We are pulling up pretty late into the podcast, so this yeah. is a good moment to let everybody know that they should subscribe slash follow. Wherever you're listening, it could be Spotify. It could be Apple. If you're listening anywhere where they let you comment, make sure to comment something. If you want Absolutely. us to talk about something... If you have a question that we can answer, we will definitely do that. And, uh, oh, yeah, we did get a comment on uh, episode 21. Oh, yes, yes, of course. So on episode 21, uh, sorry, I don't have the comment section pulled up, but someone asked me if I spoke Hindi. And uh, yes, I do. Well, I understand it very well. Uh, Don't speak it too well, but I do understand it. So that hopefully answers your question. And I did want to say one thing before we end the podcast. Uh, this particular one, Parallel Universes, was actually suggested by a friend of mine while we were climbing a building. Interestingly enough, we were climbing a building and I was like, uh, we, we were just talking about universes. And then he's like, why don't you do a podcast on Parallel Universes? And I said, that is such a great idea. And then here we are. I, I just <laughs> thought I had to share that with everyone listening. That so is thank awesome. you. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been the Math and Physics Podcast with your host, Parker. And I'm Ray, and we will see you soon. Okay, see ya.